We're studying the book of Proverbs on uh, Wednesday night. Proverbs is, is a book of wisdom. Uh, we're calling it Wisdom on Wednesdays. And tonight I've titled this God's Treasure Hunters. And uh, that's what we want you to be, is a, a treasure hunter for God. And you'll see that in our, our text tonight. So let's pray and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, Lord, we always want to come to you and ask for your help, ask for your spirit to enlighten us, help us to understand these scriptures. Uh, God, I pray you'd give us hearts for wisdom. Uh, we thank you for the gift of wisdom, God, and we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, God, who is full of wisdom, and he came to die for our sins to forgive us and to put your spirit in us so we could understand these things and be a part of your family. So bless us tonight as we study. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So we looked at Proverbs chapter 1 last week. We're just going to look at Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs is a poetic book written in the Old Testament. It's a it's a book about wisdom. It was written by King Solomon. The scripture tells us that Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived, outside of Jesus Christ, of course. Uh, there's a story in the gospel. The religious leaders were always rejecting Jesus. And the religious leaders, they thought they were wise in their own eyes. So they thought they had wisdom. They thought they knew the scripture. And Jesus told them, he said, on the day of judgment, the queen of the south, which was talking about the queen of Sheba, who traveled many, 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 many miles just to hear Solomon speak and see his wisdom. And Jesus told those religious leaders, one greater than Solomon is here. And of course, talking about he was God in a human body, and as Colossians says, in him is hidden all the treasures of wisdom. So we, we always begin with that. Uh, of course, we believe that the Word of God is all about... And of course, looked forward to Jesus coming as Jesus came through the line of David and Solomon. Um, this book repeats itself a lot. Okay, it, it talks about wisdom in so many ways, but sometimes it does repeat itself. But I don't want you to get bored with that. And I want to share a scripture with you. 2 Peter 1.12 says this. Peter writes and he says, Therefore I intend to always remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. <clears throat> Peter says... I want to remind you of things you already know, you already believe, you've already heard before. And there's something about being reminded of the Word of God that, that keeps us in line. And we'll see that as we seek wisdom. It keeps us in line. So, I want to, I'll give you three points tonight. Let's first, let's talk about the pursuit of wisdom. The pursuit of wisdom. Verses 1 and 2 of chapter 2. 
Solomon writes and he says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Now, this is poetry. He's saying, my son. Some believe he was writing to his son Rehoboam, which was possible when he was young at the time. Possibly he's just saying, my son. He's talking to the young men in his royal court, giving them wisdom on how to live. Um, It's another proof that God wrote this book because the amazing thing about what we're going to learn tonight and what we see in Proverbs, Solomon did not heed his own advice. Solomon's son grew up and became a wicked man. And God still used Solomon to write these scriptures. And, it's, and I, I, I want to bring that up because... Wisdom is more than knowledge. Wisdom is more than just gaining information. We have to apply it to our life. And the idea is we're going to see here, we have to continue to apply it. Because as soon as we take a break, that's when we can go astray. Um, Jesus talked about the parable of the sower. And he talked about how people received the Word of God with joy. They received it. They liked hearing it. But then he talked about how it didn't take root in their heart. So, and he talks about it, how how the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, trouble and hardship in life, chokes out the seed. And sometimes the person who once heard wisdom and liked hearing it, didn't apply it to their life, and so they did not last. Verse 3 says, Yes, if you call out for insight, and raise your voice for understanding. So Solomon says, receive these words. Treasure them. Store them in your mind. I think the idea could be memorize them. Let it get into your ears. Have open ears to hear God's wisdom. And then it'll get into your mind. And of course, the next place, hopefully it gets into your heart. And that's what helps you to apply it. So the idea is call out for it. Cry out for it. Ask God for it. I love the story in the Gospels about the blind man Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus was blind and he was basically a, a blind beggar. But he heard about Jesus and he could hear the commotion and he he heard that Jesus was coming and he began to cry out, you know, son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd tried to shush him. They tried to quiet him like just just quiet down like you're embarrassing yourself. And he cried the more louder. And Jesus found him. And Jesus not only heard his voice, he heard his heart. And he made him, he was able to see. And I think that makes me hear, um, you know, as much as you would, if you were blind, you'd want to see physically, we should want to see spiritually. 
And so we should want Jesus to open our eyes to help us to see uh, spiritual matters. Verses 4 and 5 says this, If you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So you got to cry out for it. You got to want it. You got to search for it. We talked about Sunday, those scriptures where they said to love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. And then he says to teach them to your children. Like diligently, you have to do this. Wisdom is a gift from God that he's given us. And we can have it if we ask for it, if we search for it. And even though it's a gift, because you, you might say, well, why, if it's a gift, why do we have to work for it? There's something about wisdom. It comes with working for it. It comes with seeking it. It comes with reading the scriptures. It comes with showing up on Wednesday night. It comes with coming on Sunday morning. And there's something about it. As you continue, continuously do this, somehow you, you begin to gain access and more and more to God's wisdom. I, I heard about, I read a story about a Japanese man uh, in the, I think it was 2011 that his wife drowned in the, in the, the tsunami. And his, the last text from his wife was, you know, I want to go home. I want to be home. And he wasn't able to get his wife home. And of course, that tragedy hit and many people lost their lives. And because of it, and because he was so distraught that they could not find his wife, this man has since 2011, he's been searching for his wife's remains. He took up scuba diving, learned how to scuba dive. He's spent all kinds of money. Every week, every week, he is out there in that ocean dealing with those currents, dealing with all of that, all of that, working his heart out to try to find his wife's remains. And think about that. Why? Why? Because his wife was precious to him and he's going to search for it. And the illustration is, is wisdom that precious to you that you search for it? We, we, we work hard to make money for ourselves so we can buy stuff? Do we work that hard at trying to gain God's wisdom? If you bought a lot, if you bought a lot in Florida and you owned a lot and then all of a sudden you heard, you know, Ponce de Leon buried some treasure on your lot, you'd be out there digging. We'd all be out there helping you. And, and, and you would dig, you would dig and you would search until you find that treasure because, because you would want it. And that's, that's what he's saying. Why don't we search for God's wisdom like we would search for earthly treasures when it's so more important? Verses 6 and 7. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who who walk in integrity. It's a gift. God wants to give you His wisdom more than you want it. 
and it says like God is storing it up. He's storing it up. He's got it in his bank, just waiting for you to ask for it, waiting for you to seek for it. And it says he's a shield. When you get this wisdom and it makes you a person of character and you begin to, to live a life of integrity, meaning what's on the inside, goodness on the inside that God gives us, it shields us from getting ourselves into worldly trouble. Needless trouble is what he's saying. Which that'll carry me to the second point. Let's talk about the protection of wisdom. Wisdom, the wisdom of God will protect you. Verse 8 says, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of His saints. Wisdom will guard you. It'll keep you from going off the path. It'll keep you on the straight and narrow. And the idea is God is always watching over His saints, His people. Okay? And you know, I told somebody the other day, we always think saints, they're some special people. Like I call, I say my wife's a saint, my mom's a saint, my mother-in-law's a saint, right? Like they're, this, they're a special Christian. But, but the Scripture is very clear. When you believe in Jesus Christ, you are a saint, meaning you, God sees you as a saint. You might not feel like a saint. You might, you, maybe lately you haven't been acting like a saint, but God sees you that way and He watches over you, wanting to guide you, wanting to protect you. Verse 9 Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity and every good path. He repeats himself from chapter 1. That's, that's what God is all about. God is about righteousness, justice, equity, doing everything fair. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Everything that God desires, God's desires will become your desires. There's that, that scripture that says, delight yourself in the Lord he will give you the desires of your heart. And a lot of people think that means, oh, if I, if I love God, He'll give me whatever I want. That's not what that means. It means when you delight yourself in God and seek His wisdom, your desires will become His desires. <clears throat> and it says, it'll be pleasant to your soul. I, I talked to a young man yesterday on the phone. I mentioned him on a Sunday morning. Uh, he really had a lot of issues, drug issues, alcohol issues and uh they got to the point where he didn't his parents didn't think he was going to live anymore and he told me on the phone he didn't want to live anymore and uh i will say he was always respectful of me he came to church and i tried to talk to him but he just wasn't ready for it and then and then when his uh his stepfather died and he saw his faith ed barker his name was justin he just he said i wanted what he had I couldn't believe he would face death with such faith. And he saw the realness of it. And he saw how empty he was and how miserable he, he was. And he, and he told his mom, I, I, want, I want to go to a rehab. And I want to go to a Christian one. And he, he went off to a Christian rehab and he's been there now for over a year. Um, 
He's graduated from the program. He's got baptized. He's given his testimony. And uh, he's now working as an intern there, hoping possibly he will in the future have a job where he helps counsel people like himself. He's a changed, he's a changed kid. I mean, he's a man. I mean, he's a man. You know, he's, he's in his 30s, but to me, he's a kid. But he said to me, he said, Frank, I don't know if I should say it this way because I have, I've had drug issues, but he says, this, this thing with God, this being sober and seeking God and seeking God's word, he said, it's like a high to me. It's like, it's like a high, but, and I said, yeah, it's, it's like a high, right? But without the hangover, it's like the high without destroying your mind. It actually heals your mind. And so that's what these scriptures are saying. It'll be, it'll be pleasant to you. You're going to like it. it. It makes me think of uh, Romans 12. These are famous scriptures. I know most of you have heard it before, but listen to it. Paul writes and he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. Therefore, what? Everything Jesus Christ has done for you. Dying on the cross for you. And giving you His Spirit. Therefore, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. What does that mean, living sacrifice? It means you now say, God, take me. My life is yours. Show me where to go. Show me what you want me to do. This becomes your worship. Where it's not just singing on Sunday and showing up to church. It's actually your life becomes, you make sacrifices for God and for other people that God loves. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world. And here's wisdom, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by testing you may discern what the will of God what it, what the will of God is what is good and acceptable and perfect meaning if you seek God you give your your life to him you seek him you transform your mind with his word you're going to know what God's will is for your life little by little you're it's it's going to become clear to you and it's going to be good, acceptable, and perfect. It's going, to be, it's going to be, for your life, what you would have choosed if you were smart enough to choose it. By seeking God and doing His will. So it's, it's protection. It's protection. Now he gets specific. First he says it's going to protect you from evil men. And secondly, he says it will protect you from evil women. Verse 11, discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil. Men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Wow, that's some intense poetry there. 
But it's saying, it's saying to God's people, God's wisdom will protect you from men like that. He'll protect you from talking like men like that, becoming like men like that, thinking like men like that, who are off the path, and they don't know that destruction is coming. And so I love this. He's saying, he's saying you know, this is what wisdom will do. And this is why we want, we want young people to learn this. This is what we're trying to, we teach them in youth group. So it will protect them because this world, this world has gone bonkers and it is, it is more evil than ever, okay? And, and it seems to be growing and, and, it, and it's turning away from God more than ever. But wisdom, wisdom will protect us from being caught up in it. Secondly, he says it'll protect It'll give you protection from evil women. Verse 16. So you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. It's going to save you from this woman with flattery that doesn't care about the commitment she made to her husband. She doesn't care about the vows that she made to God. It's not even on her mind, not even on her heart. And, and it leads many astray. In verse, verse 18, he says, For her house sinks down to death, and her paths to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. And of course, that's poetry. That's not saying that someone can't be forgiven from a mistake they made. But in this intense poetry, he's saying if you go that way, it, it might affect you for the rest of your life. It might haunt you for the rest of your life. And, and, and I've seen it. I've seen it in people's lives that, that, no, they don't drop over dead, but sometimes they wish they were dead because of the misery it caused to their life and their family. But thank God, thank God for the grace of Jesus Christ. Thank God for his forgiveness and his love. And men, men are on this list, women who are on this list, Jesus Christ can save them. What did Jesus say to the prostitute? I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. So there's always grace, but God longs to protect us from those who don't want to turn from this kind of thing. Jesus taught us to pray, right? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And this is what Jesus does. He delivers us from evil. And then the final point, final point. Let's look at the proof of wisdom. The proof of wisdom. What I mean by that if you seek God's wisdom, if you come after it with all of your heart, wisdom will prove itself to you to be true in your life. But proof also means, it, it's again kind of thinking of protection. You know, you think of something that's bulletproof. If it's bulletproof, that means bullets can't get through it. You've heard of foolproof? How about F-O-O-L, proof. In other words, it will 
protect you. It will, wisdom will keep you from foolishness. So he says this in these final three verses. He says, So you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteousness. For the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. Of course, in ancient times, when people committed crimes in a certain kingdom, they would either be executed for those crimes uh, or they, they would be banished from the kingdom. So that, that's kind of the poetry here. Those who, those who don't walk in wisdom will not remain in God's land. They won't be in God's kingdom. That's the analogy. But they'll be outside of it. But anyone who comes to God's wisdom, anybody who, who seeks it, who asks for it, humbles themselves before God. Okay? He says earlier, you seek for it like treasure, you will know the fear of the Lord. Not that you're going to be scared of God and run from Him, but you're going to respect God. You're going to humble yourself before Him. You're going to want to listen to God. You're going to want to obey God. It's going to give you that desire. And I, and I want to say this in closing. If, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, no one, no one can take you away from God. No one can take you away from His kingdom. You are, you are, you are secure. And, and you say, but what if I make a mistake? You're secure. You're mis Jesus died for your mistakes. That doesn't mean you don't pay for your mistakes. Doesn't mean we don't suffer in this life for our mistakes. But we belong to God and nothing can't change that. 1 John says, if you are born of God, the evil one can't touch you. You say, well, wait a minute, Frank. You, you've warned us in times and sermons that, that you know, we got to put on the armor of God and we shouldn't be, you know, the devil tries to lie to us and talk. Yeah, yeah, the devil can lie to you. He can deceive you but he can't put his finger on you. And he can't snatch you out of God's hand. He cannot snatch you out of Jesus' hand. So that, that's, that's just good news right there. So I want you to know, you are secure in Jesus Christ. Know that. And may that motivate you to, to love him back as much as he's loved you for the grace and the mercy and wisdom that he gives us. I, uh, I heard the story of a woman who went to the store and bought a new book. And she started reading the book, but it just, you know, it just kind of was boring to her. She didn't, she didn't like it, so she just kind of threw it off to the side. She didn't get through it very far. Well, sometime later, that woman who was single, she met, started dating and she met a man. And she fell in love with that man. And come to find out, that man who she fell in love with was the author of that book that she thought was so boring. So 
what she did, being in such in love with that man, she went and got that book back out. And she began to read it. And guess what? She saw that book from a whole different perspective. And she couldn't put the book down. And she loved the book. What made a difference? She fell in love with the author of the book. And that's, 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 that's what's going to motivate you. Um, you know, I would like to say, I'd like to say maybe this sermon will make you work harder to seek wisdom, but I really think if, if, it, if it doesn't affect your heart, if you don't love God in your heart, you're just, it's not going to be that exciting to you. So what we got to do is, we got to ask God. We got to help the whole. Ask the Holy Spirit. You know, it, it's it's a beautiful the way the Trinity works. The Father is always wanting to do something for His Son. It's all He cares about, His Son. The Son always wants to glorify the Father. The Spirit, the Spirit always wants to glorify Jesus. Because then, because he knows Jesus wants to glorify the Father. So it's total unselfishness. The three persons in our triune God working to love on each other, to, to lift each other up. So I, I want to tell you that. So the Holy Spirit's job is to make you love Jesus and love the Bible and love the book. So if you are lacking love for Jesus, if you're lacking love for the Word of God, ask the Holy Spirit. That's His job. He wants to put that love in your heart and in, the, in your mind for the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray with me, please. Please pray with me. And uh, since we got a little bit of time left, um, just have a time of prayer. And one of the jobs I want to do as a pastor is I want you to know, I want, I want to teach you how to pray. Um, I don't want it to be just you hear me pray on Sundays. I want you to be able to pray. And I want you to be able to talk to God. And it starts with fearing Him by being honest before Him, humbling yourself confessing your sin and just saying, God, God, you know, you know I've sinned against you. But God, I believe, I believe you're there and I believe that you love me. God, I, I feel your spirit drawing me to you. So Lord, I want to come and I want to be obedient. I want to be more of a treasure hunter, Lord. I want to seek more of your kingdom. I want to seek more of your word. I want, to, I want my desires to become your desires. And just ask him right now to help you. Ask him for wisdom. Ask him for wisdom. Father, thank you for these dear people here tonight in church. <clears throat> God and I, I know it's a week night. I know many got to work and they got much going on in their life, but I thank you that they they work through all that to come because they're searching for your wisdom. Because of that, Lord, I pray that, 
you're pleased that they were here tonight. And I pray, God, that you would give them wisdom. I pray that you would touch minds tonight and get it into their heart. I pray for the person tonight that's struggling in their mind, having bad thoughts in their mind, not being able to sleep in their mind. God, I pray you'd reach down and give them peace. Lord, help them to sleep. God, soothe their mind. And I pray that they would continue to seek your wisdom. God, I thank you for this book, and this book has helped me, especially as a young man. God, I pray that you would use me to teach it to help others. So we thank you, God, we could be here tonight, study your word, and I I just pray that each person is blessed as they leave. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I let you go, and I kind of got to end on a bad note. Um, And I don't know, sometimes I think, should I even make an announcement like this? But I think I should. I mean, we're a church family. I'm going to tell you, I need your prayers because of this. And other people need your prayers because of this. But uh, Saturday... I call her Judy Hawks because that's how I've known her all the all my life. But it, her, she was married to Randy Crack, uh, Judy and Randy. They were Randy was there at the service, and we know Judy passed away from cancer. And this morning, uh, Randy took his own life. So, so I I was at his house yesterday because I was worried about him because I saw how distraught he was at the funeral. So. I purposely went over his house. I met with him. I got his phone number. Um, he seemed better than on Saturday. He just got home from work. Uh, I talked to him. I said, hey, man, we're going to help you through this. I put my hand on his shoulder, and he smiled at me. And um, I, I programmed his number in my phone, and I, I, I hit the green button. And he, he, he said, yeah, man. He says, I feel it in my pocket. And I said, Can you, why don't you come tomorrow night? And he said, I'm going to try to be there. And so for me to get that news, it just devastated me. But obviously, you never know. That's why we just never know what people are going through. And, and obviously, he was distraught from the loss of his wife. And I have, to think, I have to think he had more things going on than we don't know. So I just ask you to pray. Uh, pray for you know, Judy's children. They just had their mother's funeral. And now the stepdad takes his life. That whole neighborhood, they're all like close. They live over on Berkshire Boulevard and all the neighbors are like real close and these neighbors are just like, when's it gonna end? They're like devastated. So, and I will tell you, when something like this happens and we don't understand and we just can't explain it and it's like, God, why? Um, God's always up to something. I, this is what keeps me going. God is up to something here and he works through these things. He works on people. So please pray. Please pray, okay? Um, Let's pray one more time. Thank thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Um, You know, I tell people, sometimes the best counseling, if you ever counsel someone, the best thing you can do is just listen to them. And I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes the pastor needs counseling. (laughs) So thank you for listening to me when I have to tell you these kind of things because it, It feels good that I can get it off my chest and I know you're going to pray.
Okay? Thank you. Father, God, God, I just uh, thank you that you're always working. I thank you that in the midst of grief and pain, God, you, you work and you draw people to yourself. God, work, help this family, God, that is so distraught. And God, help this neighborhood. I pray somehow, some way, you'd reach down and bring grace and peace to that neighborhood. God, help our church. I know there are people that know them. They're not even here tonight. And somehow, some way, they're going to hear the news and it's going to really hurt them. So, Father, I just pray tonight we'd leave with a prayerful attitude. Uh, God, help us to be kind to people tomorrow. It, it, help us to be kind to that neighbor that seems to be frustrated or seems to be upset. God, sometimes we avoid them. We have no idea what they're going through. They need somebody to talk to. They need somebody to help them. I pray, God, that our, our radar would be on all the time to help people that are hurting. Thank you for the good news of the gospel. Thank you for forgiveness and love. Thank you for eternal life. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Good night.